What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? Early in, in the morning. Hey, up she rises. Hey, up she rises. Hey, up she rises early in the morning. Okay. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was good. Are we recording? Yeah. Perfect. Uh- Good morning, good day, and good evening. And good night. Good night. Welcome to our 21st episode. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so for a special, we, we thought it'd be fun to make a theme of it. So for the first time ever, we are drinking wine while recording. So TBD, if this is a good <laughs> idea or not. Cheers. Cheers to that. We're making eye contact. So, I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. And we're the two roommates and friends that like to talk about things. That keep us up. At night. night. Yeah. This is the Insomnia Report, by the way. I don't <laughs> think we, we said that? that yet. No? Okay. Well, welcome to the Insomnia Report. If you have listened before, welcome back. If you are new, welcome. We're so happy you're here. Thank you. So, pour your favorite drink, whether it's water or emergency or <laughs> scotch i don't know <laughs> or wine or tea or beer or hot cocoa hot cocoa orange juice oh yeah mm. kombucha Ooh. A, a, i was about to say a panini but i meant a bellini <laughs> <laughs> those are different a smoothie um oh i love smoothies milkshakes depends on what time you're oh shamrock shake oh my god yes okay yeah, happy there. march happy march it's shamrock shake season yes we are Thank determined you. to go this week and try the new chicken sandwich and get the shamrock shake this is not sponsored by mcdonald's if you want to hear us eat that no okay. <laughs> you can join our page and we don't have it <laughs> you don't want to listen to that oh god <laughs> um so Elizabeth is drinking a glass of a wine called Spellbound. Margot got it for me for Christmas. It's from Whole Foods. And it's very good. I I know that we're taught not to judge a book by its cover, but this label was pretty cool, and I thought Mm. it was very fit into our aesthetic. Mm. So I thought it was cool. And then I am drinking 19 Crimes, but the Snoop Dogg version, or his edition. Snoop. I love that him and Martha are friends. Me too. It's like one of my favorite things. What has kept you up this week? Um, what has kept me up? So I'm, I, I told you this already, but I watched Nomadland. Yeah. And I've been thinking, well, the whole movie made me cry. I cried like <laughs> throughout the entire movie. Yeah. But I've been thinking about road trips nonstop since mm. then. So I've been looking up different routes for road trips. All right. Where are we going? Um, well, I know we need to road trip to New Orleans. Of course. That has been on our list since like high school. Yes. It definitely like first thing we definitely have to do that. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my friend Matt about maybe road tripping to Portland, Ooh. which would be pretty cool. Oh, so you can go where they were. 
mm-hmm. were in Oregon. They went to like his family in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So basically, yeah. we're following <laughs> Francis McDormand's steps here. Yeah. And yeah, earlier I was researching farm stays in Amish communities. Yes. <laughs> so that sounds like a fun thing to do. I really want to do that. Yeah. Anyway, I, my mind is just on the road right now, and yeah. that's what keeps me up. Just okay. The googling, dreaming about places it. to drive to. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Also, one of my friends just moved to Minnesota, so I have to road trip to there as well. It's just going to be busy. You so, should get a, make sure you get a loyalty program with like uh, Enterprise or whatever mm, and good idea. rack up the points. Yeah, yeah. When my boyfriend was a consultant, like he was golden because he did that like every week. Wow. Anyway. That's amazing. What's yeah. kept you up? Good question. I've just been um, at a point where I could go to bed at a reasonable hour and I just haven't been able to fall asleep soundly lately, so I've just been, like, going down, like, YouTube rabbit holes. So whether it's, like, watching true crime documentaries or I've been really interested in this one YouTube channel where they go over the psychological aspects of police interrogations, which Yay. is very fascinating. So if I can tell you anything, it's like never do that without a lawyer, even if you're innocent. But good tip. Yeah. I I just feel like if I, I were to get questioned, even if I'm like 100% innocent, I would probably say something. I'm like, you're twisting my words. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. Me too. But anyway, I've been going down like rabbit holes with that or I don't know. The YouTube algorithm just like knows what will hook me. Like I haven't really watched Dallas Cowboys in a while or anything or Dance Moms. So now I'm on like <laughs> true crime and like my apartment's haunted and like people talking about their ghost stories. So yeah, I don't know. I could go to bed early, but I just I can't fall asleep. So I'm like, OK, I'm just going to like. Right. And then I can't sleep for other reasons, which is like the promise of our podcast. Are you, you know? like imagining yourself being interrogated then? Um. I mean, I kind of like sit back. Like last night, I put a face mask on and I was like watching it. I'm like, huh, idiot, your story's not matching. <laughs> and I'm like, I would be screwed. Like, even if I'm innocent, because I'd, I'd just get nervous and start rambling. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, I mean, like, there was this one time in second grade, I accidentally <laughs> stole a Tootsie Roll, but like, I didn't mean it. I'm like, <gasps> yeah. Like, even when I'm not being interrogated, oh, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about and like sound nervous. Yeah. So, like, and that's in like normal life. Right. Or like, so. They're like, oh, this person breaks eye contact. I'm like, I don't like to make eye contact. Oh, me neither. So am I oh automatically God. guilty? So that right. freaks me out. So that's definitely kept me up. Mm, um, that's terrifying. But even if I'm like completely like, uh, I think last summer I, I found the like a debit card outside of our apartment. So I returned it to the police station mm. and they were like questioning me. And I was like, I was just trying to do the right thing and oh like bring it here. Like, I guess next time you should just like call the 1-800 number on the back of the card and like, yeah. report it that way. But I was like, oh, like maybe I thought it was the logical thing. And they're like, where did you find this? Like I, they were like questioning me as if I like took it and was trying to make it seem like, oh, I found this. I'm like, do you think I'm dumb? Right. Anyway. So like even though <laughs> oh I was completely God. innocent trying to be a good Samaritan, I was being like questioned. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. And they're like, what's your name? I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, where did you find this? I'm like, this street. He's like, what mm. time? I'm like, 10 a.m. I was going to Starbucks. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and you're white, too. And I'm a white female that is very small and <laughs> not intimidating. 
Uh, anyway, let me light the candle. Yes. Also, I forgot to mention this on last week's episode when I was talking about Skinwalker Ranch. Post Malone recently went to visit the ranch. I found that out like the day I was doing research, like an article was posted two hours before. So he went to the ranch. So he might, I don't know, like don't quote me on this, but he might like be on the second season of that documentary I watched. Posted. But he is very into the paranormal and and like things like that. And he said that he's seen UFOs before. And I watched an interview with him with Seth Meyers. He seems like the nicest person in the world. Like, I would love to hang out with him. And I feel like a dick because I've always been like, mm. Yeah. But he's a he's a cancer. Him oh. and I have the same birthday. Oh, my God. The exact same birthday. So does America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, same year and everything? Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. So, I mean, post, if you ever want to <laughs> be on our show. I know I'd get along with him then because we get along, right? I think that's how that works. I think we do. Yeah. Oh, nice flame. Also, when I said earlier, you're white, I meant it could have been worse if you weren't white. I I was just thinking about that out of context. That might sound weird, but. Like, I thought I was getting, you know, a hard time. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, so I'm excited. We also agreed that we would try to keep our stories on kind of a alcohol-y theme. Mm-hmm. It was very, like, loose, but I was like, oh, like, why don't we try to do this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We, we try to have fun with it, obviously, so. Yes. So what do you have for me? First, let's toast to the ghosts. Toast to the ghosts. Toast to the ghosts. The hostess with the ghostess. There we go. All right. right. All right. I'm tasting hints of sage and uh, cedar wood and God's tears. (laughs) (laughs) The tannins in this wine are really like drying out the inside of my mouth. So I'm just like, (laughs) I just, I just want to stop and get water too. (laughs) No. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I just learned that of the YouTube video I was watching about the, about wines I learned about tannins and how to dry out your mouth. So I just said that to sound smart. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know anything about wine. I don't either. Okay. I, I, we should go wine tasting on our that road would trip. That would be so fun. Not while driving. Like, but but like in between. Yeah. Yeah. That would yeah. be fun. Okay. Cool. So we're road tripping. Yes. Oh, actually though. Like right okay. now. Cool. Right now we're road tripping about four hours and 45 minutes southeast okay. of where we are right now. Okay. Southeast. Okay. To... So- Wilder, Kentucky. <gasps> okay. <laughs> right across the Ohio River from Cincinnati. Okay. Current population, 3,035. Small. Mm-hmm. It is small. That's pretty small. A little quaint. A little, little bit. Now, at 44 Licking Pike, right on the Licking River. Licking Pike? Like I'm going to <laughs> lick a fish pike? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Well, the river is called Licking River. Oh, okay. And a pike is a fish. And pike, are there, it is a fish. Are there pikes in that river? That's an excellent question. It's probably I, irrelevant. I have no idea. <laughs> it's not relevant to the story. <laughs> it's a pretty small river. It's a tributary of the Ohio. Oh. Okay. Which is a bigger river. Oh, okay. I'll anyway, stop talking. That's okay. I don't I don't know anything about fish. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> <Or> rivers. Okay. <laughs> My brother Ian is like a natural angler. And oh, I'm yeah. like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, my brother likes to fish, and my, I don't know, some of my uncles like to fish, but. When I was a kid, I released all the minnows because I didn't want them to be used as bait. Oh. <laughs> Everyone got so mad at me. I was like, what? <laughs> fish just, like, freak me out a little bit. Like, if I ever go fishing, like, I don't hate fishing, but mm-hmm. if I ever do and I catch something, like, having it wiggling around on the end and having to, like, unhook it, you know? Yeah. I just, it's, it's yeah. just flapping and it, like, freaks me it's just a little un, un- yeah. like ooh, yeah. Anyway, you like look at it and it's like oh, yeah. Food chain. Or, ooh. Oh, okay. Unless you're throwing it back, which right is normally what or if you're gonna eat it. Yeah. Which which anyway. Sure. <laughs> I someone I had a critique that I say sorry too much, so I'm trying to work on it. So oh, okay. Pardon. <laughs> pardon forgive my. me <laughs> excuse my <laughs> interruption madame uh, what is like a really old way of saying i beg your no that's um i beg your pardon a thousand pardons <laughs> please say that every time a thousand pardons <laughs> oh good lord uh, we're, we're starting out strong we're not even like we haven't even had that much wine yet. But. No. I think we're just, like, excited. <laughs> we're just excited. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Are you good? Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, sort of in the middle of nowhere in this town of Wilder, Kentucky, on the Licking Pike, is a building that was originally built in the 1850s as a slaughterhouse oh. and meatpacking plant for... Farm animals, I should hope so. I don't know what else they would, yes, and (laughs) pike specifically, the fish, the pike. (laughs) It's a sort of misshapen wooden building. It's not very pretty. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, that's not what matters. It's okay. But it's just really old, I guess. Okay. Okay. In the basement, there's a well that used to lead out to the Licking River. I don't like that already. Yeah, me neither. I think of the ring. Oh, my God. Yeah. I made you watch that on my 16th birthday with me. I actually like that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only horror movie I, like, remember. Yeah. No, it's good. I We we don't watch many. No. Anyway. I'm not a, not a big fan. Not a big we fan. watched that in Bereavement because we thought it was about beavers. <laughs> and it was not. <laughs> or Case 39. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why, Emily? Oh, my God. Okay. Or the... Um, the the possession of Emily Rose or whatever. Yes. The exorcism mm, right. of Emily Rose. No. Yeah. I hate demons, which is <laughs> fitting for this story. Okay, good. Me too. <laughs> Great. I'm glad we've established that. We both hate demons. Yeah. So this well, supposedly the meat packers used it to drain the blood and refuse from the slaughterhouse okay. into the river, which, ew. But yeah. yeah. Oh. That's one of the reasons the Chicago River was so disgusting for a long time too is because all the meat packing plants would like oh like the book the jungle yeah exactly and there's still um like a small part of it if you go i think up north called bubbly creek Mm. that bubbles because of all the methane of the decomposing stuff on the bottom i love that me too so much yeah ew that's i digress the slaughterhouse closed in the 1890s and legend says that occultists use the basement to perform rituals, satanic rituals, I assume, where they sacrificed small animals. I mean, it's kind of like the perfect spot for it. You're right. Which, it is. Not it is. to sound like morbid, but... No, no, you're right. Yeah. 
They too would throw the carcasses in the well. Mm. And a nickname for the well is the portal to hell. So something what kind to keep of a in mind. Nick- like nicknames are supposed to be cute and catchy. <laughs> Fine, maybe it's not a nickname, but it's been branded the portal to sure. hell. <laughs> also, this made me think like where do all of these Satanists and occultists come from? Because I feel like they're in every story like every paranormal story i've never met a satanist have you met a satanist i feel like that's not something they just open up about (laughs) maybe not but i feel like if you're a satanist like i don't know i mean i don't know you would be pretty open about it it might be one of those like pillar of the community things where it's like we all you never know who your neighbor is that's true or it's like you know I'm not who I am on the weekends, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like the, the reserve people are actually like, you know, the wild ones or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That could be. That could be. I think there was actually like a popularity wave for occultism and stuff back in that time, mm-hmm. like Victorian era, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. And I have to do more research on that. But anyway. I mean, like from the... Sawin, it's like kind yeah. of you know when spiritualism was kind mm-hmm. of bumping, you know, right, right. I mean, I I also could be wrong on that. I, I'm bad with timelines. Me too. So. We'll 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 circle back to this. Yeah. So stay day. tuned. <laughs> if you know more about occultism <laughs> in the late 19th century, please write us an email. <laughs> okay, so it gets worse than animal sacrifices. So. I, I figured that'd yeah. be a short story. Yep. <laughs> On January 31st, 1895, dental students Scott Jackson and Alonzo Walling murdered Jackson's 22-year-old girlfriend, Pearl Bryan, Pearl, who was five months pregnant, Pearl, and a Sunday school teacher from Greencastle, Indiana. They spiked her drink at a Cincinnati bar with cocaine Dude. and murdered her later that night. It makes it... I mean, that's horrible, but especially... Yeah. She's a Sunday school teacher? Mm. Dude. And she was pregnant. Well, yes, there's... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. All, all around terrible. Yes. There's a theory that they were trying to maybe perform an abortion that went wrong. Hmm. There's another theory that they were just cold-blooded killers. Some say Jackson was part of the Satanist cult people hmm. and wanted to sacrifice her to the devil. Okay. Nice um, guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was a dental student. Mm-hmm. Okay. No matter what happened, we do know that they did decapitate her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her headless body was found in a field about two and a half miles from this building, mm-hmm. the slaughterhouse building. Mm-hmm. She had told her parents days before that she was visiting a friend in Indianapolis and then, yeah, she ended up murdered. Um, Sad. But she was involved with this guy, Jackson. So, okay. Perhaps they decapitated her to try to conceal her identity. Mm. No one really knows, but she was identified by the tags in her shoes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Her head was never found. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you okay? No. Yeah. No, that's... Uh... Bad time to take a sip of wine. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay, like interest in shoes because I guess maybe you don't have like as many or there's certain yeah. labels or se- I don't know. But I was just like, oh, okay. Mm. Head was Your head was never found. Though authorities drained local waterways in search of it. Like they really did look for it. 
The men gave varying answers to where it was. Uh, They said it was at the bottom of the Ohio River or in a sandbar in Kentucky somewhere. But the police thought they might have burned it in the furnace of their dental college. Horrible. Yeah. Oh, oh my. Yeah. It's it's all bad. I mean, the whole thing is horrible. Yeah. Legend says, though, that they threw her head down the well, a.k.a. the portal to hell. So, yeah. In any case, both men were convicted of first-degree murder and hanged side by side. So, like, at the same time. On March 20th, 1897. Okay. Their necks weren't broken right away. Well, at all. And it took them a few minutes to die because they were strangled. Yeah. It's gruesome. Authorities wanted to execute them quickly after their trial because they thought otherwise they would be lynched because Mm. it was like such a famous crime and like Pearl's family and friends or something were obviously like enraged. Yeah. So... Yeah, they they were afraid that, like, a mob would come and just, like, murder them. Mm. Yeah. Legend says that Alonzo vowed to haunt the area after his death. Oh, like, he has any reason to be bitter. Like, I'm going to haunt this land. It's like, right. you murdered like, someone you in a horrible way. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of the death penalty, but, like, you know, right. at the end of the day, like, like this is your punishment. Right. Yeah. There are, interestingly, a few folk songs written about Pearl's murder as well. So if you're interested, you can look those up. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, after that, the building, the slaughterhouse building with the well, Portal to Hell, became a hotel, then a country club, and then from the 30s until the, I believe, the 60s, it was a nightclub and casino called the Latin Quarter. And a sleazy one at that. Reportedly, it was run by a syndicate of the Cleveland mob. The mob was everywhere, I guess. Even in (laughs) Ohio. Mobs and cold. (laughs) The cult. Right. And they liked to injure and kill people, etc. Rude. Yeah. So there were probably many deaths around this time that aren't reported. I'm sure. And in fact, there is a trap door in the men's bathroom. It used to be an office. Where they would supposedly drop bodies, you guessed it, down the well. Cute. Who was the architect? That was like, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just saying like, I want you to put your like vision goggles on. There's a well right here. I think we should structure it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, who does the, the I don't know at what time the trapdoor was added. <laughs> I can imagine the mom would condition that. Yeah. Yeah. Legend says, I think, again, like, this part's all legend, but (laughs) everything's legend at this point. I guess. With any paranormal. Except for Pearl, she was, like, that's the real thing. Okay. Legend says that in the 1940s, a woman named Johanna, daughter of one of the gangsters involved with the club slash casino, and also a dancer there, became pregnant by her lover, Robert Randall. That sounds like Randy. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Randy, what have you been up to? He was alive back then. This is an old building. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Robert Randolph? Robert Randall. Randall. And mm-hmm. and Randy Randolph. Is that his name now? Yeah. Oh, my God. 
That was established a couple episodes ago. Oh, I don't know. sorry, I missed that. No, it's okay. It was something I mumbled. Okay. <laughs> okay, um, sorry. No, absolutely not the same. I beg pardon. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, her lover was Robert Randall. Who he was, I don't know. A radiator. <laughs> We've we, It's been uncovered. He oh, was God. a radiator. Okay. Okay. So... Johanna's Joanna? Johanna? 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 I'm going to say Johanna. Does it have an H? There's, a, like there's a an H. Johanna. I'm going to say Johanna. Johanna. Johanna's father, the gangster, murdered Robert Randall mm-hmm. because, yeah, he didn't approve. I mean, there's other ways to <laughs> just say, like, hey, I don't like this man. Yeah, maybe it was just his go to, his, his just like impulse, like, way of coping with things okay just killing people i don't know i mean it was a different time not making it better he was in the mob i don't know i I I guess he murdered robert randall Mm -hmm. and johanna was so distraught that she poisoned her father (gasps) and then she went into one of the dressing rooms and poisoned herself so yeah it was very awful BuzzFeed Unsolved claims to have found her death certificate, but I can't substantiate that claim. Okay. By the way, I yeah, I did watch a BuzzFeed Unsolved about this, and it was the first ever BuzzFeed Unsolved I've watched. Oh. And it was very entertaining. So. Yeah. No, they're they're good. I, yeah. I watch them sometimes. I like them. They're cool. Yeah. yeah. So the police shut all of this down, allegedly, in 1961. And since 1978, it's been a honky-tonk bar Open Friday and Saturday nights only from 7 p.m. until midnight. Okay. There is a mechanical bowl and karaoke and live music. No, get me out. (laughs) (laughs) All of those things are. I'm bad at. I lasted three seconds on a mechanical bowl and I can't karaoke to save my life. Was that in Germany? Yes. Yeah, I also did that. I didn't. (laughs) I was. It hurt. I was bad at it. There's got to be someone. In Chicago with a mechanical I'm sure bowl. there is. We'll have to find them. Email us. <laughs> Email can, us at the inside. We can't fit it in our them. apartment, but I need to know. <laughs> I will never go on again. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a mechanical bowl, karaoke, and live music. This is Bobby Mackey's Music World. Hey. hey. And I'm doing this because you suggested it. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. The other night I was like, I don't know what to do. You Keep seemed very stressed. I'm researching like, mm. all these bars. And she's just like, do Bobby Mackey's. And, and you're like, like, well, you can do it. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> she's like, I have a topic. <laughs> okay. Now, first and foremost, what is a honky tonk? Some of our listeners are itching to know. I was... In communication with some of them while I was doing this research. Oh, look at this you, our little, our little PR rep. Um, <laughs> they were like, please, on your podcast, let people know what a honky-tonk I is. I just imagine line dancing. Exactly. Me too. Okay. Yeah. According to the Wikipedia page for the term honky-tonk. My most credible source. <laughs> a honky-tonk, also called honkatonk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It sounds like a like a Fisher Price toy, like honk a tonk. It like... does. Uh, honky dash tonk or tonk. I want to get my tonk on. <laughs> like tonk, tonk. Um, <laughs> it's both a bar that provides country music for the entertainment of its patrons and the style of music played in such establishments. It can also refer to the type of piano, a.k.a. a tack piano, mm. used to play such music. 
bars of this kind are common in the South and Southwest United States. Many eminent country country music artists began their careers as amateur musicians in honky-tonks. Oh. So, that's a honky-tonk. The origin of the term is disputed, originally referring to body variety shows in areas of the Old West and to the actual theaters showing them. But I also like to think that honky-tonk is a verb um, (laughs) as well, where you are basically line dancing. Okay, so when I think of honky-tonk, I don't know why, but I just think of like, a southern guy sitting in a monster truck that's honking <laughs> like he's honking he's honky in his tonk sure you know yeah okay <laughs> i think of that song you know honky tonk but honky tonk i don't know i i think of country girl shake it for me you know i think that's a honky tonk. everything's a honky tonk. everything's a honky tonk yeah get your honky tonk uh, yeah now i want to go square dancing now that we've gotten that out of the way. <laughs> now that I've derailed. <laughs> Who is Bobby Mackey? He's a honker tonker. Yes. Robert Randall Mackey, age 72, is a country singer. His most played song on Spotify is called, you guessed it, Johanna. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Can you guess what it's about? Um, I A car. Mm, no, not quite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's about the, the story of Johanna. Ah, that makes more Note sense. that he also shares a name with her lover. Yes. Robert Randall. Is that like a stage name? No. Like that's his <gasps> that's real name. That's so weird. Yeah. Is it a family name? Is he related? Apparently, when Bobby Mackey was a day old, his mother changed his name from Randall to Robert Randall. Yeah. Okay. Ghost Adventures floated the idea of reincarnation, but Bobby Mackey said he doesn't believe in that. It's like, no, no, Zach, I'm going <laughs> to stop you right there. Uh, yeah. Bobby Mackey's is known as the most haunted nightclub in America. And whether or not that's true, it's great for publicity. Sure. It also kind of reminds me of the bar in Schitt's Creek that's like just outside of town. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, there was also at one point a lawsuit against Bobby Mackey's mm. because um, a guy named J.R. Costigan claimed that a ghost punched and kicked him when he was in the bathroom in 1993. Ooh, how and, can you sue a ghost? Well, he's suing the bar. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he sued for $1,000 in damages, and he demanded that a sign be put up in the restroom warning of the ghost's presence. Okay. And the lawyer for the club, for Bobby Mackey's, Wanted to dismiss the case because he said it was difficult to get the ghost into court to testify. <laughs> can you just hop into this little <laughs> bottle? I got it. <laughs> so the case was. Or dismissed. could you imagine getting like a, a spirit box and being like, "Yes, hi. <laughs> <laughs> will you speak to us here in the courtroom?" Did you punch this man in the face? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't try hard enough. What did What did you what say? Oh, did you hear? <laughs> they could have brought could up you the say that again? <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> oh man um do you think the the man like actually was just flirting with some guy's girlfriend and was like no man it was (laughs) that that could be okay that could be i beg pardon (laughs) (laughs) the bar though does have a sign now near the entrance that exempts the establishment from liability if you're attacked by paranormal forces that's interesting Mm -hmm. i want to get a picture with that sign me too when I get a picture, I'll probably get punched. Like, no. <laughs> Am I a joke to you? Yes. No. 
No, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I beg your pardon. I beg pardon. <laughs> Many believe the bar is haunted by evil spirits mm. and demonic, demonic, demon, <laughs> demonic forces. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if the is the well still there? Okay. Well, yeah. Can you imagine being a drunk girl like <laughs> down the well? Oh my god. Well, they filled it in. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a liability. <laughs> That's a huge liability. But it's also. Like, side note, in a different building, you have to, like, go into a different building to access the basement. Okay. For some reason. But... Got it. Yeah. Carl Lawson, the bar's former caretaker... I was like, what? (laughs) ...lived in the apartment upstairs and encountered many spirits. At night, he would block the door and he slept with a shotgun, but what that would do against spirits, I don't know. TBD. Take him to court. (laughs) There were cold spots on the stairs, like mm. he said it was like walking past an air conditioner or Ew. opening the freezer, and he always felt like he was being watched. I hate that. Every morning around 6 a.m., he said it sounded like an army was marching through the bar. Well, that's a one way to wake up. I know, right? At one point, he was possessed. Ew. So this escalated. <laughs> he was possessed, and it took six hours to exercise him. Oh, that's exhausting. They did it in the kitchen of the building. A priest came and did it. Okay. Um, and apparently when he came to, he had his hands around the priest's neck, and he couldn't remember, like, how he got there. Uh. Additionally, the kitchen wall caught fire after the exorcism. And the fire department couldn't explain what caused it. Like, directly after? Or, like, within... Okay. I don't know exactly. Like, shortly. Okay. Yeah. After. It doesn't... Right. Okay. Apparently, also, Carl found a piece of a human skull in the well, (gasps) and he thinks that's what triggered all of this. So, spooky. As mentioned in the lawsuit, (laughs) people have had encounters in the men's bathroom. One guy was in there... And the metal garbage can was thrown against the wall. And then he saw an apparition of a man with a handlebar mustache. Ew. <laughs> Note also the trap door in the men's bathroom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, manager Donna Clifton said that she would go through the club to, like, close it up and stuff. And then later all the lights would be on, the door would be unlocked, and... The jukebox would be playing the anniversary waltz, even though it was unplugged and it didn't contain that song. Ew. So, who got the record? Where did it come from? I don't know. I, ew. Yeah. Bobby's wife, um, late wife, she passed away, but Janet um, Mackie, she was upstairs in the apartment where Carl lived, and she heard a voice say, get out. <gasps> And something, like, forced her slash threw her down the stairs. Oh, my gosh. And apparently this apparition said it was Alonzo. And after that, she refused to enter the property. She, I know. Like, for years, she never went there. I don't yeah. blame her. Okay. I have full body chills. Yeah. Ugh. Paranormal tour operator. Yeah, so they do paranormal tours. Okay. I mean, makes Wait, sense. Like, yeah, makes Might sense. As well. We should do it. Yeah. Paranormal, On our road trip. Of course. Of course. Paranormal tour operator Laura was locking up after tour, and she said it sounded like all the windows and doors were, like, violently shaking. I hate that. Me too. And she could, like, feel them shaking. No. Yeah. 
One theory is that the spirits could be trapped in there by the Licking River because they can't cross over the water. Oh, interesting. Because it backs up to the river. Um, can't they go the other door? <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, go around it. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would make too much sense. Right, that would make too much sense. Apparently, Pearl also haunts the bar mm. and leaves behind the scent of roses. Oh. Certain hot spots in the building include... There's a stage with, like, a catwalk, and there's a spotlight room. Mm. So those rooms. And then the well, of course, the portal to hell in the basement. Mm-hmm. That thing, yeah. There's an old china room. I don't actually know what that is. but Maybe, like, that's, that's like where something. they keep the plates and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. And then there's a, a platform area near the kitchen. And then people sometimes see ghosts in, there's, like, a big mirror Ew. in the main room. I don't like mirrors. I don't like those either. Yeah. Random fact, there's a cage in the basement that was a prison when it was owned by the mob. So I guess they would throw people in there. Oh. And near the well, people report hearing growls, feeling dizzy, and being physically assaulted. So that's a no for me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I know. Additionally, this bar, Bobby Mackey's Music World, was the subject of season one, episode one of Ghost Adventures. <laughs> Wait, the very first? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, the funniest one of the... We should watch it together. It's, like, one of the funniest Ghost Adventures episodes I've ever seen. I want to... I Okay, so when you were... When I was in my room, I heard you, like, actually laughing out loud. <laughs> <laughs> is, is That's that what, what I was laughing at, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I bet his hair was, like, so spiky, and it was... Oh, my, oh God. my God. It was, like... So spiky. And um, <laughs> Zach was, like, really hyping up, like, overplaying the, like, macho man I'm sure. shtick. Yeah. And here's some quotes from him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he said um, he was, like, basically trying to provoke the ghosts. Smart. And so when they were first, like, gearing up for this, he was like, I want to provoke the hell out of them. I'm going to provoke the shit out of them. He was like like determined to do this he's like i I imagine like a chihuahua that's like exactly (laughs) yeah and then they when they went in the basement apparently it's also called the room of faces because they saw like zach in his mind or something saw like a face on the wall but then the guy who was showing them was like we call this the room of faces because people see faces all the time i hate that yeah so behind the well so the well is the portal to hell right and then there's a staircase that goes nowhere and they call that the portal to heaven. So I'm. So does that mean there's no heaven because it goes nowhere? That was too deep. I'm. That's really poetic. I, I don't. I know. beg pardon. <laughs> I hope not. But they said they hear footsteps sometimes on those stairs. Ew. Mm-hmm. And Zach, when they were by the well, he was like, "I feel really dizzy. I don't like going by feelings, but." Man, and I was like, haha, you don't like going by feelings. That's like all of their investigations at this point. <laughs> now he's like, I feel this energy. Like, I just feel like I have right. to go to the bus. Exactly. Aaron, go in, but I'm going to the bus. <laughs> I don't feel safe. I know. Yeah. They also saw a shadow figure duck under the fridge. They got footage of it, actually, which is pretty cool. Mm. And in the fridge? Like, that would no. be me as a ghost. <laughs> um, unfortunately not. There was, like, a fridge, and it was kind of, like, going around. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also me as a ghost. Yes. He said, I felt like we were surrounded by pure evil. Okay. And at one point, they're talking to the ghost, and he's like, come and harm me. 
So he was really trying. He okay. was, yeah. The camera picked up some crying noises. Mm. Nick at one point went to the bathroom and something banged on the wall. So bathroom activity again. But another funny thing was they had like no equipment at this point. They're purely running with like oh, cameras. And with they no have, big camera crews following us around. Right. They yeah. have cameras and they have an EMF detector. Okay. And so that's very liter- like yeah. it, like they don't know have any other like they don't have a thermo- they don't have a spare box. Right. Are, okay. At one point, Zach and Nick were in this room and something like scared Nick and he started to leave the room, like run out. And Zach is like yelling. He's like, do not run. Stop running. Do not run from this. He's like screaming. Wait, that was in the intro. Stop. Stop running. Right. It's like that vine. Why are you running? Yeah. Yeah. So then Nick goes back in. He like is like fine, and he tries to confront it or whatever. So at this point, they hadn't met Bill Chapel yet. No, <laughs> no, apparently not. They also heard footsteps, unexplained humming. Ew. Um, Nick was also trying to provoke them. He was like, "You want us out? You gotta harm us first. Like it's like, come on, guys, go home." Zach though actually got majorly scratched. <gasps> Like, he had three long scratches on his back, Ooh. and that really freaked him out. Um, that would freak me out, too. Yeah. But then he, like, went back in, and he was like, yeah, I bet you're saying, wow, what a tough guy this guy is. Like, I attacked him, and he's still coming back. I'm like, shut up. Like, literally all the ghosts are sitting there, like, side eye. <laughs> And then he was like, why do you got to do it on my back? Do it on my face. Scratch Aaron's forehead. So he was just Aaron's like, like keep me out. Aaron's <laughs> like, come on, man. They got some EVPs. They got a female voice. They got a male voice saying precious no, which Ew. is really creepy. And they got, I think, I don't remember if it's the same one. They got an apparition. It might have been the fridge one. I don't know. <laughs> but... Yeah, they also consulted with Bishop James Long, who I'm pretty sure appears in their other episodes. He might be the one that comes in with Sister Mary. Oh, yeah. But I'm not 100% sure. I have to look that up. Anyway, he said that three marks is the marking of the Trinity. Of course. Like a mocking of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. And he was basically like, that was done by a demonic spirit. Please don't provoke them. (laughs) Please. I'm going to have to ask you to cut that out. Yeah, he's like, this is really dangerous. And Zach was like... I did use taunting and provocation and it backfired. But then he was like, but I feel like I'm not going to stop doing that. Like, I'm still, I feel called to do this. So and we, we've seen in later episodes that yeah. he did not stop doing that. Okay. No, he did not learn. They also went back on season four, episode three. Okay. I did not watch that one. Mm-hmm. In, in between, they apparently had an event with like 100 people at Bobby Mackey's and shit went down. Everyone was really emotionally affected for weeks after, and a bunch of people had attachments, including Zach. He said he was, like, pulled out of bed by his ankles at one point. Uh, Horrifying. And he also said over the course of the, like, next three years after that, about 14 to 16 friends of his, all female, were attacked at his house. And about 80% of them knew nothing about him or the show. That's his (laughs) voice. Like, I was like, what do you mean, like, attacked at your house? I don't know. I don't know. There's a really long interview with him where he goes into more detail about what exactly happened. But okay. apparently it was, like, really bad. Way worse than 
episode one. So is the so that was episode uh, season four, or did they host an event? Be- they hosted allegedly an event in the like in between, and then on season four they filmed there again and they brought some people who had been there okay like at their event and talked to them about so it So it was like a ghost adventures like event yeah i don't okay. like exactly know what it was kind of like a live show type thing maybe, maybe. Or like a, okay. yeah um, i i didn't really delve into that but it's okay apparently yeah it was like really bad for a lot of people mm. but bobby Mackey himself is still skeptical like nothing's happened to him interesting at his bar so which is really interesting maybe it's because he shares like the name right so it maybe <laughs> yeah and yeah but they do embrace the hauntings in their promotions on the website it says come to where the country spirit moves you Ooh, which i love good marketing and, yeah that's bobby mackey's i'm actually going to cincinnati this summer for a wedding okay so um make i was that the like, bridal party yeah, I was like, okay, the night before, like, I have to go to Bobby Mackey's. Okay, don't go alone. No, no. Yeah, so the the listeners I was texting <laughs> while doing this research who wanted to know what honky-tonk means, they're probably going as well. And so I was like, please, will you go with me? And so I thank you guys for that because there's nothing like, you know, you're a true friend when you will sacrifice your soul, perhaps, <laughs> to search for demons in a haunted country bar. Yeah, if that's not friendship, I don't know what is. Right. Yeah. I know you do that for me. Of course. You <laughs> would I? I would be the first in line. Uh, All right. That was yeah, great. Thanks. So spooky. Thanks for the inspo. Of course. Now tell me about something. So, uh, something Elizabeth and I enjoy doing is, you know, going to thrift stores or estate sales and... I mean, mainly because you never know what little treasures you'll find or or you find unique things that you can't find at Target. And don't get me wrong, I love Target. Mm. But there's just something about, like, you know, something that speaks to you or, like, a cute little trinket. The thrill of the hunt. Exactly. Uh, something always on the back of my mind, though, is what if there is an attachment on an item? Or what if you find out, you know, something is cursed or possessed or you start to feel weird after you bring something home? Like, that's always on the back of my mind. If you've never thought about this, sorry for planting that seed of thought in your noggin. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like you to meet a man named Kevin Manis. He lives in Portland, Oregon, and he runs an antique and furniture refurbishing store. One day in September of 2001, he went to go scope out an estate sale nearby. So everything there was from the estate of a woman who had died at the age of 103. Wow. So she'd been around for a while. He found a few items. One of them was a small wooden wine cabinet. So that's where the theme comes. (laughs) He also... It wasn't like a big, you know, chest or armoire or anything. It was kind of like the size of a, a milk crate, but it had doors on it. He also picked up a sewing box and a couple of other furniture items. So after he purchased the items, a woman approached Kevin and made a note saying, I see you got the Dybbuk box. And he's like, beg your pardon? <laughs> the what now? <laughs> the what? <laughs> Uh, So this woman that approached him was the granddaughter of the woman who had passed away, and she was running the estate sale. 
So she told Kevin about her grandmother. So her grandmother was born in Poland and she was actually a Holocaust survivor. The woman was the only one in her immediate family to survive among her husband, her children, her parents, and her brothers and sisters. That's so sad. So sad. She escaped with other prisoners uh, where she fled to Spain until the end of the war. So the woman said that the wine box is what her grandmother called as a dipic box, uh, which she got while she was living in Spain. And she kept it closed off at all times, and she kept it in her sewing room out of reach. So this item, the sewing box, and a steamer trunk were the only things the grandmother had brought to America. When the granddaughter would ask what was in the box, the grandmother would spit three times through her fingers and say a dibic and a kislam. And the wine cabinet was never, ever, ever, ever to be opened. Wow. So the grandmother had requested the wine cabinet to be buried with her, but according to Orthodox burial customs, that wasn't allowed. Which I tried to find if this was true or not, Mm -hmm. because I know that there's certain customs such as, you know, no tattoos, uh, no cremation or embalmment. um, And typically they try to bury within 24 hours. So I'm not 100% certain on that. Mm -hmm. I tried to, you know, I went down a rabbit hole of like, I don't know. My my Google search is really weird because I was like, (laughs) Jewish burial traditions. I'm like, go. Anyway, I tried to debunk that mm-hmm. so i it didn't say or not it anyhow just wanted to let you know and then kevin said okay so what's a dibic and what's a caselum and the granddaughter was like ah, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so, something i, I don't know I, who knows? oh nothing it's it's not fine. important <laughs> so kevin was like you know hey this seems really sentimental i i don't have to take this one you know, if it means a lot to your family, it seemed like it meant a lot to your grandmother. So he tried to give it back to her. And she was like, no, 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 no. It's yours. Good. Like, goodbye. Finders keeper sucker. Like, no, I don't want it back. <laughs> oh, my God. And. Sus. Right. Exactly. So Kevin said, okay, well, if you want, we can open it together. Like, if there's something of your grandmother's in here, like, I, I just want the cabinet. Like, I don't need to explore it further. And she would not take it back. The granddaughter insisted that her grandmother was very stern, that it would not to be opened, and she wanted to respect her wishes. So she would not take back the wine cabinet, which to me is kind of weird because it's like, why would you sell it in an estate sale if if it's such... Anyway. Yeah. I digress. I think she was happy to get rid of it. I don't know. He was like, like, I promise you don't even have to give me my money back for it. You can keep it. So she started, like, getting really upset about this and said, mm-hmm. like, you're the owner. You made the deal. And she, like, started to cry and asked him to leave. And she walked away. And Kevin was like, well. So he just politely left the estate sale. So this woman is not really a good sales rep. <laughs> <laughs> if I was him at that point, I would, like, leave it on the curb and walk away. I. You know, honestly, that'd be the smart thing to do. <laughs> but, you know, he he leaves the estate sale. He returns to his antique shop. He puts a dipic box in his workshop and he decided he'll refinish it and give it as a gift to his mother for her birthday. 
And then he goes off and runs errands, and there's a shopkeeper who is watching over the store. So he's like, I'll be back in like an hour or two. So shortly after Kevin leaves, he gets a call from the shop associate, and she is positively hysterical. She's saying that someone had broken into his workshop, and she can hear things uh, being broken, and she hears people cussing and swearing. Additionally, the worker was locked in the store because the security <gasps> gates and the emergency exits oh had closed and she couldn't escape. Oh, my God. So he told her to call the police, but when he did that, his phone died. <gasps> Which I don't understand why she didn't do that first. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> um, Again, I digress. I think I'm just like, when I was researching this, I just put little like thought bubbles. I'm like, why did she yeah. try to? Anyway, maybe it was just to see like how far he'd gone or she was, yeah. you know, I don't, who knows. That's freaking me out though. Oh my God. I know. That's horrible. That she was locked in there. Yeah. So Kevin gets there and indeed the security gates were closed. So he unlocked it and he found his co-worker curled up in a ball sobbing in the corner of the office. And that's where you can find me on most workdays, too. <laughs> <laughs> so he comforts her, and then he goes to check out the workshop in the basement or and see. It's in the basement? Of course that is. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Where's the police? Have they been called? I want right. to know. <laughs> like, <laughs> But he reaches the bottom of the stairs, and he is hit with the undeniable scent of cat urine. No. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, he didn't have any cats at a shop. I'm sorry. So, in true paranormal fashion, the lights in the basement weren't working. Oh, come on. But it was because all of the light bulbs had been broken. So, there were 10 of those long fluorescent tubes, and all of them were shattered on the floor. Oh, my God. Kevin did not find an intruder, and since all of the doors were locked and there was no exit in the basement, there was no way for a person to get out without had been seen oh my god this is freaking me out mm -hmm. i don't like this at all <laughs> his sales associate left and never came back i do not blame her oh my god me neither so kevin is not putting two and two together so he is still working on the box to give to his mom he did not connect like the strange happenings going around the shop and he's he still like didn't know what a dipic was mm. so for context a Dybbuk is a being in Jewish mythology that is a malevolent spirit, or in Yiddish meaning a clinging spirit. So it means to cling, mm. um, where and a lost soul will attach to a person and possess them until their duties are complete. <sighs> so this can be explained as a sinner who is unable to pass on, or they're a soul seeking seeking refuge from being punished in the afterlife. So a Dybbuk can break the attachment if they've fulfilled their duty, um, and typically that's through, like, possession or whatever it may be. But an evil Dybbuk can only be removed by an exorcism. So it possesses or clings because it can't have peace until it finishes whatever it needs to do. Zach Bagans <laughs> defines it. So he he talked about the Dybbuk box, um, and he says a Dybbuk. Let me let me hold on. Let me try to get my piss. Uh, 
I'm not really good at impersonating him, but a dipic attaches itself to you like a fungus growing out of a person causing blood to pour out of their eyes or their heartbeat to nearly stop. Like a fungus. <laughs> blood out of your eyes? Jesus Christ. Um, oh my God. There was like a, a spinoff series or like a side series called Deadly Possessions mm. or Ghost Adventure Artifacts, I think. Didn't he have it on his yeah. okay, artifact yeah. show? Yeah, we okay. watched it like yeah, a yeah, while ago. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think like, yeah, anyway, we watched it. It's on Hulu. But yeah. mm. Check it out. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Kevin, so that's what a Jibic is um, for those of you who don't know. <sighs> Thank you. I didn't know that. So Kevin is working on this box and it has doors where if you open one of them, like everything opens at once kind of mechanism. And inside, here's what it contains. Two wheat pennies from the 1920s. uh, Locks of blonde hair tied with string. Uh, Locks of brownish black hair tied with string. A small granite plaque or statue with the letters in Hebrew spelling out shalom, which means peace or harmony. Okay. A dried rosebud. A gold chalice. And a cast iron candlestick that had octopus legs. <laughs> okay. That's so, really random. Yeah. An eclectic collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just decides to clean it out um, instead of painting it. And he, you know, re- reached out to the woman from the estate sale and asked if he she wanted any of the items. And she, like did not want anything to do with it Mm. so the day comes where he gives his mom the box for her birthday this is in late october she is examining it and um you know checking it out like oh thanks for the gift la 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 and kevin steps away to take a phone call so he's in his office and his employees then yell for him that says something's wrong with his mother Oh, no. She was in the chair across from the box, and she had tears streaming down her face, but she wasn't responding or moving. So he called 911, and it turns out his mother had a stroke. Oh, no. Thankfully, she did survive, uh, but she did lose some of her vision and her ability to speak. Oh, my God. She could, however, communicate by pointing to letters and spelling things out. So Kevin went to the hospital to visit, and he asked how she was doing, and she spelled out no gift. And he thought that she had forgotten her birthday or that mm-hmm. he had given her something. So he said, no, like, I, I got you something. I got you the wine cabinet. And then she spelled hate gift. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, thanks, I hate it. So he said, okay, like, I'll, I'll get you something else. I'm sorry. You must feel so bad about that. Mm-hmm. He does. Oh. Um, but he's, he still wasn't putting two and two together. Mm. Or he, like, just didn't realize how, I guess, powerful this was, maybe? Yeah. So he gave the dipping box to his sister. Oh, my God. And she returned it a, a week later saying the doors kept opening. Oh, no. Okay. So then he gave it to his brother. Dude. And his wife. Dude. Like, his, his brother and his sister-in-law. And after three days, they returned it because the husband said it smelled like jasmine flowers, but the wife said it smelled like cat pee. 
Oh my gosh. That's so weird. Well, that's interesting because jasmine is like a good smell mm-hmm. and cat urine is not. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure huh. why some people smell pee or hmm. I don't know. Okay. I can understand why you would not want to keep it though. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so at the antique shop, he sold it to a couple. Uh, and then three days later, it was on the stoop of his shop with a note saying, bad darkness. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Vague. I mean, that's what he should have done at the estate sale. Right. So I guess like in the middle of the night, they're like, no, have it back. Right. Which I guess, I mean, it's smart because if you try to return it or whatever, it's like, no, just mm. just put it back where Final it came sale. from. Yeah. <laughs> you broke it, you bought it. I don't know. Despite all these signs, Kevin decides, you know, I'm going to take it home. Kevin. Kevin. Uh, Come on, Kevin. Kevin. So when it's at Kevin's, he has a reoccurring nightmare. In his dream, he's walking with a friend. And when he looks into his friend's eyes, he doesn't recognize the eyes. And he says it feels like evil is staring back at him. Then his friend turns into a, quote, demonic-looking hag who then possesses and beats Kevin before waking up. Wow. He would then wake up with bruises all over him. (gasps) Oh, no. Still not connecting it to the box. Dude. uh, I know. It's it's like a classic horror movie. It's like, oh, there's like scratches and deadbolts and like, (laughs) no, it's fine. Like, it's a good deal. It's an antique. (laughs) So it isn't until his sister, his brother, and sister-in-law come over, and I guess they end up, like, staying the night at Kevin's place, and they wake up the next morning, and they're at breakfast, and it turns out they all had the same dream. Oh, my gosh. And that's when he's like, oh, light bulb. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's the box. (laughs) So... He starts to see shadow figures out of the corner of his eye, and even when people are visiting his house, they say similar things. So he puts the box in the shed or, like, something Mm -hmm. in his yard, and that night he goes to sleep, and the smoke alarm goes off. So he goes downstairs, and it was, like, the smoke alarm in the shed or the garage, wherever he was keeping it, but there was Mm -hmm. no smoke anywhere. Only the smell of cat pee. Oh, my God. Again, no cat. He doesn't have a cat. When he tried to sleep, he woke up around 4.30 in the morning, and he f- he woke up to what felt like breathing on his neck. And, oh, my God. And also the smell of jasmine. He also sees a shadow walking in the hallway. That's so scary. Yeah. Oh, my God. So he's freaking out i would be too i'm freaking out and i'm not experiencing it i know me too so he said he was afraid to destroy it because he didn't know what would happen if it was released that's fair which is totally fair um especially if you know it is attached to the wine box so he didn't want it to like you know not have like a vessel anymore and then attached Mm -hmm. to him so he does the responsible thing anyone would do he puts it on ebay This entire story was on his eBay description. (laughs) Well, at least he was being honest. Right. Yeah. So, Why didn't he call a rabbi at this point? (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe he didn't, you know, you know, I don't, 
It was also 2001. Not like that has anything to do with it, but it's like... <laughs> People didn't know things back then. That was a lifetime ago. That was 20 years ago. Oh, God. Truly, it was. Hmm. Well, okay. So, did someone buy it on eBay? <laughs> Tell of me. course. The story doesn't end there. But yeah, he put it on eBay, and that entire story was the eBay description explaining, like, the estate sale and everything going on. I'm like... Also not a good sales rep. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I, I give him props for being open about it. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So a University of Missouri student named Joseph Nitsky bought it for $140. Kevin claims that when the bid was over, because that's how eBay works, like you have to wait until mm -hmm. it's like final finalized. I've never bought anything on eBay. My dad's very into eBay. I don't know. <laughs> But he called up, you know, Joseph, and he wanted to, like, reiterate, like, this is evil. Like, I, I'm really serious about this thing. He wanted him to also confirm, like, he understood and that he wasn't a member of the cult. <laughs> so Kevin later says, the day uh, I shipped it, there was a huge difference in the environment of my house, and it was, like, coming up out of water. It was absolutely amazing. Wow. So he Good just for him. felt like something was lifted. As for Joseph, he put it back on eBay after eight months. Why did he buy it? I, I think it was just, like, a college student, like, aha. Uh -huh. Like, yeah. in the documentary I watched, it made it seem like, first of all, it was unrealistic because, like, it was – it's supposed to take place in, like, 2001, and all of them had, like, laptops and Xboxes. And I'm like, mm. no, you had a big <laughs> desktop at that. <laughs> you went to the library. Right. Anyway, so they were kind of like, dude, do you think this thing is, like, really haunted? And it's like, no, nah, man. Like, okay. that's how it played out. Oh, Randy. Randall. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I see. He's like, they did the best they could with that documentary. <laughs> he watched it. Okay. Um, I also like found it um and it was also like reversed or oh. like mirrored yeah yeah so like all the subtitles were backwards but it's fine <laughs> so on his ebay post it included kevin's entire experience as well as his own story so i won't go into like a lot of details but mm. to summarize what joseph was experiencing he felt um him he had Six people total live in, in his, like, house or his off-campus, like, apartment unit mm. or whatever. He had, like, five other roommates. So they felt as if their eyes were burning. Oh, my God. Maybe allergies. I don't know. Felt like the energy was getting sucked out of them or, like, sudden illness. The air outside of their home was filled with bugs for several <gasps> hours. Oh, my God. The box would start to open on its own. They would experience strings of bad luck. Their electronics would randomly die. The smell of a foul odor. Decay overflowing in their trash. No. And dead mice in their car engines. What? That's so specific. Oh, my God. That's, like, very plaguey. Yeah. I don't like it. That's biblical. Yeah. Oh, my God. Additionally, he started seeing shadows or dark blurs out of the corner of his eye, and he actually lost chunks of his hair. So he lost <gasps> about, like, half of his hair. Oh, my God. According to one article. 
So then this man named Jason Haxton bought the box for $280. (laughs) Joseph up the price. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jason was a director of a medical museum, and he tends to lean more on the science side of things. Mm. So... He was typically, like, skeptical. Or he explained in one interview that he wasn't the type to, like, use an EMF or, like, check out cold spots. He was very, like, oh, there's an explanation for everything until things started to happen to him. So he said that when he first touched the box with his bare hands, he had instant stomach pain. Wow. Over time, he would experience things including hives, welts. He would cough blood. <gasps> Blood would come out of his eyes. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) He also had a dream about an old woman with sunken eyes. Uh, He would also smell jasmine or cat pee, depending on the day. And he would also see shadows out of the corner of his eye. Because he was very, like, science-focused, he had the box tested to see if there were any chemicals like mercury or ammonia mm. or like anything toxic on the finish yeah um Good point. or any other biohazards which i think is very smart but mm. they all came back negative wow so because of the negative test results he was like okay maybe something's actually going on here so he reached out to a rabbi finally someone <laughs> does the right thing i know <laughs> a lot of like headaches later okay so the rabbi suggested that he Place the box in a 24 karat gold lined with acacia wood. So like a box of acacia wood lined with 24 karat gold. The same materials used to construct the art of the covenant in the Bible. Mm, mm-hmm. And, you know, one quote said, well, God loves gold. So like he'll protect it. <laughs> I Apparently that's something that uh, Jason said. I don't know. Okay. But it seemed to work. Wow. Because, uh, you know, he, you know, kept it in his den and he started feeling a lot better once that happened. So the next part of the documentary I watched and wanted to throw in, I'm a little unsure about it, but we can discuss accordingly. So before Jason reached out to the rabbi, he decided that he would call Kevin and ask for help Mm -hmm. or like ask, you know, like, can you tell me more about the people you bought this from or like tell me about your experiences and Kevin then said you know what I'll go back to the house where the estate sale lies and talk to the family more like try to get more out of them Mm -hmm. so he went to the estate sale and the granddaughter told him to leave when and he was like okay you know what I'm not getting anything so as he was walking away he hears an old lady say I know why you're here Oh my God. <laughs> so he turns around and he meets this woman named Sophie. Sophie is this old lady who was the cousin of Havila, who was the old lady who originally owned the box. Mm. So Sophie explained that she lived with Havila in Poland at the time, and seances were very popular during this period, and they made a makeshift Ouija board out of a pendulum and letters that they put on a tablecloth. So during this seance or this Ouija board session, they thought that they had contacted a spirit that was being malicious and asked it to bring them, like bring the spirit from the dark side. So they were unsuccessfully, they were unsuccessful in their attempts to like close the session. Mm -hmm. 
And according to Sophie, the grandmother thought that this had caused the Second World War because it happened on November 10th, 1938, which is the night of the Kristallnacht, which is the night of the broken glass. Yeah. So she thought it was like an evil force that kind of like Hmm. kicked off the... Interesting. I'm not... Okay. Obviously, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. But I, I guess like that girl, like, what did I, like, what yeah, did yeah, you yeah. do? So like a weird cool. timing thing. Yeah. yeah. After the war, I guess um, they reunited in Spain and they tried again. So they trapped it in the wine box that the grandmother had acquired. Mm-hmm. So that is why they were so adamant on keeping it closed. So, uh, Jason believes that the spirit possessing the box is on a mission to show them the truth about the Holocaust, and he met with a psychic medium who sensed death and fear surrounding the box, and when she, the psychic medium, touched the box, she felt a stabbing pain in her left ribs and in her head, and she believed those sensations had something to do with the original owner of the box, and that is Mm. from... Like kind of a, so Jason actually went on to write a book about the Dybbuk box and like he did a lot of research and interviewed a lot of people. So that was like from his book. Hmm. Um, Again, I I don't know, like especially if like earlier it said his, the the grandma was like the only survivor and then who's the Sophie lady and like how did, how did she know? Like, I know why you're here. Like, I don't know. It seems a, a little, little weird. Ah. Did they think the original owner was someone who was like killed in the Holocaust? I'm not sure. It might have just been like negative energy from there mm-hmm. or so uh, allegedly I heard one source say that the grandmother thought that she was the reason because they were messing with something mm-hmm. that they didn't know and they couldn't mm-hmm. contain it. Okay. So it like just had so much evil that it like fed to additional evil energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not sure. Like, please don't blame yourself for right. the, the Holocaust right. or World War II. But anyway, <clears throat> I wasn't originally going to put that in, but I just yeah. thought I, I don't I, I know. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's an interesting theory, yeah. but I don't know. That part, I'm, I'm a little like side eye. I'm like, mm. yeah. A lot of other things led up to the right. Holocaust too. Right. So yeah, she so... After he met with the rabbi and... Okay, so another thing to note is all of this information, the story and everything actually inspired the 2012 horror movie called The Possession. We watched that, didn't we? Did we? I'm pretty sure we did. Or I I watched it. It had like Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it. Wait, did it? Hold on. At least I think this is the movie you're talking about. Oh, no. We watch a lot of crappy horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. He's in it. Yeah. He's in Supernatural, too. I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I just remember, like, a, a, like, Jewish demon (laughs) in that movie. Okay. Yeah. And they also had to call a rabbi at one point. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I remember now. Okay. Anyway. So, it was produced by... Sam Raimi, who also directed or produced Spider-Man, the movie Evil, like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, mm. um, Evil Dead, and the movie Drag Me to Hell. 
And I went to go see Drag Me to Hell with like my eighth grade boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so when and Kevin and Jason were actually, what's the word? They weren't producers, but they like helped the writers of like the story. consultants. Yeah. Of. Like, yeah. Because, you know, inspired by a true story. And right. Even though, you know, they helped, like, with the movie, I, I guess. Interesting. Um, apparently, even on the set of filming, weird things would happen. Like, lights would shatter between t- uh, takes. And there was a storage unit where they kept some props, and it actually burned to the ground. And the box wasn't even there? No. Oh, my gosh. Um, That's so weird. So, when... They found out about this movie. Jason decided to keep it in a military box, uh, like a military safe box, and he buried it somewhere only he knows where it lies on his 26 acres of land in Missouri. So he made sure, like, no one would be able to find it. Mm. And he wouldn't say, like, where it was. He was the only one who knew where it was, blah, blah, blah. So the movie was inspired. That came out in 2012. And then it is said to be the most haunted object in the world. And now it actually lives in Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum. (laughs) In order to view it, you have to sign a waiver and you have to be over the age of 18. So the waiver is basically saying we are not responsible for anything that happens to you after viewing this box. <laughs> basically like Bobby Mackey's liabilities. Yeah. Same with um I think they make you do that for Robert the doll or oh like a bunch of a bunch of Would you view it? Like would you sign the waiver and view it? <sighs> I don't <laughs> It depends on how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. I don't know. I also don't know. I had a psychic tell me I'd live to be like 98. So that's uh. what keeps me going whenever <laughs> I'm like, this is risky. I'm like, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, which, who knows? But mm. maybe, I, probably. Yeah. So uh, it's also said that it is kept closed and behind glass at all times. And it's also protected with Layers of salt and dried sage. Mm. However, the doors are starting to open slightly, so they're slightly ajar, even though it's behind glass, and there is also disturbance in the salt. So the salt is like... Oh, my God. It's, I guess, like moved or like if you like have a magnet, it's like, yeah. you know, pushed out yeah. weird. So <sighs> kind of spooky. Mm. I will also make this come full circle because in 2018... Post Malone (laughs) went to visit the Haunted Museum, and he says that he has been cursed because he accidentally touched the box. How do you accidentally touch it? I'm glad you asked because I was going to explain. So apparently he was like a a guest star or he was on an episode or something. I remember that. I think we watched it. Did we? Really? Yeah. I think we watched it. Gosh, everything blurs together. Know. We watch a lot of things. But apparently, Zach was touching it, and one of them started acting weird. Probably Zach, but it could have been Post. <laughs> and I think one of – I think Post was saying, like, let's get out of here, and he touched Zach's hand, who was touching the box. Oh, so he didn't, like, touch it directly. It was, like, secondhand, okay. yeah. So 
After that, though, a, a bunch of things happened to Posty. Post it. Oh. Post <laughs> the possession. <laughs> um, oh, no. What happened? So he was on his private plane, and shortly after it took off, the tires blew out. Oh, my God. And they had to do an emergency landing, so thankfully he was okay. He was driving his Rolls Royce, and it was T-boned by a Kia. Oh, wow. Sad. (laughs) But it was apparently, like, a pretty bad accident, but he, like, walked out unscathed. Uh Uh-huh. Thankfully, and then his home was broken into by armed robbers. Oh, my God. But he wasn't home at the time. Wow. Lucky. So he definitely says ever since then he he was cursed, and there's been a bu- like a BuzzFeed article. There was like a entertainment. Like there's so many articles about him talking about it, but he's very wow. open to talking about like paranormal and like I want to hang out with this guy like I would be friends with this guy he seems really cool he totally is like have you seen those videos of him before he was like famous and oh my god they're so like wholesome they're like he would I'll, I'll show you okay additionally you can find apparently there's like a very big market for haunted objects on ebay Mm -hmm. um okay i don't want to ever (laughs) risk it but apparently ebay now has to have like a disclaimer where and i found this quote um it says ebay does not permit the sales of spells magic or haunted and paranormal objects but this item is being listed as and then you quote insert mundane object description here only you must be 21 years of age to bid or purchase this item and it's for entertainment purposes only so i like went to ebay's like site to try to find like that and it didn't like it has like a paranormal session section but it, Uh it didn't have anything like specific about the rules so i saw that in an article so maybe it changed oh interesting um i did go down a rabbit hole last night of like people opening their own like haunted objects and like explaining what happened oh, wow and that like kind of freaked me out are there other dybbuk boxes that's a good question apparently now i don't remember the source of this if it was something that zach said or i I read a lot of articles for this, but apparently there's said to be 10 Dybbuk boxes in the world, which is one total for each of the commandments or something. Mm -hmm. Eight of them are accounted for, so we know the location of eight, and apparently Zach owns two of them, and then the other two are unknown. Mm. So Zach apparently purchased... The Dybbuk box from Jason for like $10,000. Oh my God. I know. Okay. So like if you want to risk buying a haunted object, <laughs> um, there's a market for it, but I, no, I'm not going to. The, the return doesn't seem worth it for no, me. No. So so yeah, there's a, a dedicated room at Zach's museum for it. You can view it at his museum if you'd like. You can watch a documentary on it. But it is said to be the most haunted object in the world, whether or not you believe, like, the full origin story or if it's one of those, like, you know, creepypasta things that I I don't doubt that it's haunted at all. Mm. But 
Jason wrote a book about it. Um, it's like $20 on Amazon, so I did not get it. But <laughs> anyway, so that's the Dybbuk box. Totally creepy. I don't yeah. want one. I'm going to bless Mm-mm. our house after this because I like. Me too. I, I heard somewhere that like if you look at pictures of it, bad luck will happen to you. And I was like halfway through the article after like <laughs> oh, looking no. at so many photos. I'm like. <laughs> like if nothing else, I'm glad that they've identified it and like have it in a secure location. Right. It's know? not like it's like it was never seen again. Right. Or it's not still like making the rounds on eBay or anything. Yeah. But no, I actually went down the eBay rabbit hole of because I was trying to find like if there really was a warning or whatever. Yeah. I I'm not gonna be able to sleep like looking at all the like objects because they're all like these creepy dolls and oh, like God, I feel no. like they're just like things that were created to look creepy. It's like yeah. there's no way this was ever like an actual toy that was like I love it. It's like yeah how no how. Oh my god! So that's the Dippic box, and thank you for that. That's terrifying, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thinks I hate it. So oh gosh, there you have it. One thing I want to add that I forgot to mention mm-hmm. is that none of the legends or anything about Bobby Mackey's were ever substantiated, and no one has been able to prove that it's haunted. Mm. So there you go. Just so you know. Okay. Well, you think it's. It's important to sprinkle that little, you know. Yeah. We're just storytellers. We're not mm-hmm. We're not by any means reporters or saying no. that this is like the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. So help me God. I'm going to be thinking about that Dybbuk box yeah. for a long time. I'm going to be thinking about the portal to hell. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, what would be in your Dybbuk box? Oh, my God. Like material wise, yeah. Um, gosh, mine would be like a share CD. <laughs> Why a dried succulent? I don't know. I'm just thinking of weird things. <laughs> Throw someone off. Um, God, a ukulele string, like a like a dead centipede. <gasps> Isn't that scary? Yeah. Yeah, like a dead centipede. And I'd be like, did this like crawl in there or was this placed in there? Yeah. I was literally thinking, I'm like, pretty soon it's going to get warm out again. Like we get so spoiled mm. in the winter because we don't have to like deal with any buggies. Yeah, I found a dead bug on our windowsill the other day. Love it. It was uh, one of the stink bugs, I think. Ew. Yeah. My room is atrocious. So if there was a bug, I'd be like, all right, got to suck up all my laundry, I guess. <laughs> Oh, well, thanks for joining us on our 21st episode. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed our our theme. I uh, hope you, you know, enjoyed our stories, and we yeah. always appreciate you being here. So cheers to that. Cheers to that. Clink, Salute, clink. Nostrovia. <laughs> uh, post school. Uh, l'chaim. Here, here. Yeah. Mazel. We would like to thank the artists that have helped us. Our music is composed by Colin Whitlish, and music production is by Justin Toome. And our cover art is by Erica Chase. Would you like to tell them where to find us? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you would like to submit your own listener report or suggest a topic for us to cover, email us at theinsomniareport at gmail.com. Or you can message us on social media, too. That works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we would love to hear from you and we love it when you we do so yes keep it up <laughs> <laughs>
I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. This is the Insomnia Report. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for a, another round of things I wish I learned in school. It'll be educational. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see. TBD. <laughs> see you next time. Thanks. Good night. So, good night.